Hey guys, I am Caleb Giddings. And I'm Keith Finch. And I have an HK stock. And you have an HK stock. Uh, I have 38 ammo. I, I just grabbed the nearest <laughs> thing. I was like, um, I don't, I have nothing. I don't what I do have. I didn't know we were doing I that. I didn't know we were doing show tell, but what I do have is a sponsor banner, which you guys can look at now. Thank hey. you to our sponsors. Uh, so Keith, today we are talking about one of my favorite things, and it's how stupid we used to be because- yes. On this journey through firearms enthusiasm, being a firearms enthusiast, all of us, it's funny because I was talking to a mutual friend of ours about this the other day. I found something I'd written in 2013 and it made me want to throw myself out a window. I'm like, yes. this is so bad. Yes. This is so fucking dumb. Um, and it was just something that you believed because it was what you got taught when you came in or it was what you learned about. And it just- it, It's what you understood at the time. And guys, the difference, and it, we're, we're gonna make fun of stuff in this episode, mostly about ourselves, mm -hmm. but it's going to attack things that are now termed as FUD lore, where it's a belief that people hang on to. They hang on to it with almost a religious fervor, even though, there is very easy corroborating information now after the fact that says, well, actually guys, now that we know better, we should now speak in these terms or we should forward this information now. Um, so yeah, but yeah, so, dumb things we used to believe. My, us big specifically. One, my big one, and you know, it's one that I still struggle with was, it was stopping power. And it was specifically handgun stopping power. I believed in hydrostatic shock and energy dump and, you know, uh, but, but the specific expression of my stopping power stupidity, three words, glazer, safety, slugs, that, that was like the, the ultimate expression of how dumb I was, was because I believed that the best defensive round that I could possibly carry was a 357 Magnum Glazer safety slug. Then that was the absolute hand of the Lord God Almighty and would slay Smiting all. And to be fair, if you shoot something, like if you shoot a, you know, like a ham hock with a Glazer safety slug or something like that, it's, especially in a Magnum cartridge, it's very impressive. It looks cool. Uh, but, and it was, it was one of those things where I was, I was susceptible to it for a number of reasons. One, because the marketing around Glazer safety slugs at the time was really, 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 really good. Um, two, because I didn't know any better. And so to me, all of the sort of psychobabble and bullcrap that was put into it, plus it was featured prominently in a couple of books that I read at the time. And it just, it gave me an idea that like this, because one, I'd already bought into the idea that 357 Magnum was better than anything else because it's a 350, because it says Magnum right there on it. So clearly mm -hmm. more powerful, thus more death dealing. And then they're like, but if you want the alt 357 Magnum cartridge, look no further than the Glazer safety slug. It's polymer tip is designed to fragment, releasing a heavy payload of bleh. And I'm like, dude, that 22 yeah, yep. year old gun owning me thought that it was the tightest shit ever. <laughs> like, well, I'm sold. I will never look at any information other than this. Yeah, absolutely. Remember the little blister packs they came in? Six, yeah, six in a pack. Oh, yeah. Especially for semi-automatics, super annoying. <laughs> right. 
I don't even know. Can you still get glazers? I'm on. Um, I'm on. Uh, so Corbon owns Glazer now. Mm-hmm. So let's see. We have Glazer products type of cartridge, uh, safety slug silver. So, and for those who don't know, there are two types of uh, safety slugs. So you had the blue, which like would just blast apart on impact with anything, and then the silver was designed to penetrate a little bit deeper than the blue, and it looks uh, like. Com- competing ammunition source that does essentially the same thing as Hornady. Hornady's got the the filled tip hollow points and they've got their conventional line and then they've got the critical duty line with the stickier I the easiest way to put it is the stickier jacket because right. the bullet stays the bullet stays together much better than the other hollow points. So. Yeah, but I mean those are actually like even the critical defense is better than a safety slug because the whole yeah. idea behind the safety slug is it's packed full of birdshot and you are yes. shooting somebody with a pistol bullet that tur- that hits them and then turns into a shit. I guess I should have explained it up front for people who don't know. Okay, so the idea behind the glazer safety slug was it looks like a regular pistol bullet and it's got a polymer tip in it and when this polymer tip hits it blows the jacket apart and releases a payload of little itty bitty birdshot and i do mean little itty bitty birdshot into the target which again produces absolutely earth-shatteringly fun to watch uh terminal effects on things like water balloon on things like watermelons and cantaloupes but as it turned out on people uh the best turns out that fruit is not an excellent tissue simulator it basically if you look and if you looked at historical shootings with the safety slug it worked really really well in situations where any conventional uh jacketed hollow point would have worked like you know unoccluded frontal upper thoracic shots it tended to work really well but anything works really well in an unoccluded upper thoracic shot yeah there's there's no there's nothing challenging that there's nothing challenging that intermediately and where you would see, and where you see real serious problems with the glazers, and it looks like uh, I'm on the website they don't make them for revolvers anymore. So I've been saved. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what you would see with the glazers is any intermediate barrier, it's going to fail, uh, and it's going to either it'll do one of two things when you shoot them through intermediate barriers. It will either the jacket will either fold itself around the payload and then it will act like an fmj which is actually preferable uh to what the other thing that happens where the jacket blows apart and it dumps its payload prematurely not into the target because the idea was was they were supposed to go into the tissue and then dump their payload of birdshot not casually spray the target with birdshot from 15 feet away And if you're if you're wondering about the internal construction, if, if that sounds familiar, yes, it should, because that round is more conventionally called a frangible. Yep, but worse than a frangible. Oh, look at this thing. Because <laughs> like a frangible uh, only frangibles when it hits a piece of steel. Like yeah, if you shoot it, it, it must it must impact something hard to frangible. If you shoot a person with a with a with like a nine mil fringe training round, it's going to act like an FMJ. Um, It might break up at some point inside, but it's going to stay together because it's solid copper jacket on the outside, copper powder on the inside. 
This is the hold that this projectile has had over me though, is that just talking about it, I've been like Googling and trying to find a place that still has some of the old 357 mag uh, safety slug ammo in stock. Because I'm like, I just, I just wanna, you know, I just wanna see. Well, I want to buy some because, and I'm going to a revolver, a revolver event in a couple of weeks. And I kind of wanted to bring some with me and be like, Hey, legendary lawman, Chuck Haggard, shoot this at a block of ballistic shell and let's see how bad it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately I cannot find any, the only one that I can find is like 44 Magnum. And I'm like, I do not have a 44 Magnum, which is surprising, but Oh man, yeah. So I used to, I used to buy it. I used to be into it. I believed the, I believed the hype. I thought that you know, three fifty. There's, there's nothing wrong with believing the hype because oh, yeah. that just that that just means marketing works. Yeah. When it becomes a problem is when you believe the hype after you've been handed the pile of other evidence that says, but actually, yeah. But actually, uh, if you're looking for quality defensive pistol ammunition your best answer is modern jacketed hollow points that's that's there's a reason why we've been shooting people with you know ever since we invented hollow points we've been trying to make our hollow points more better and you know that's pretty much it so yeah man that safety slug it got me i tell you and i it's crazy how deep that worked its way into my brain to the point that like i just said I'm Googling them right now. I'm like, ooh, yeah. maybe I could just get, I'm like, just one more hit, baby. Oh, just, oh, just oh, need it. Into the vein, All right. peak 80s. So the thing that I used to believe was, uh, I, I started getting into firearms tech uh, back age, like 15, 16, and the accessible firearms for someone that age are airsoft guns. So mm-hmm, I started yeah. playing with the mil- military realistic airsoft guns, and they were starting to get big in the U.S. at the time. We're, we're talking like 2005 up to about 2007. Right. Then 2007, I go to the lovely MCRD San Diego and join the United States Marine Corps. And up to joining... Up to joining the Corps and getting handed the M16 and looking inside the handguard and going, ooh, what's that? Oh, that's a gas tube. I thought gas-operated actually meant there was a fuel source inside gas-operated firearms. I actually thought that too at some point. But a gas source, maybe kerosene, maybe. I I thought a gas-operated firearm had a reservoir of gas separate, like, like a battery like an airsoft gun has a battery i thought gas operated firearms had a reserve of gas somewhere that cycled the action for them and i'm like wow that's strange uh but not also also cool yep that's not how that works at all turns out it's way easier than that because uh a round of ammunition makes gas (laughs) right it it makes its own gas (laughs) it makes gas you know and so that was the really dumb thing that i believed until it was like Oh, this makes way more sense. That's interesting. I, you know, I, I, I don't think I ever had, as I think about it, I can't recall ever having that as a belief because I was more just like, I don't, I, I just, I don't know how these guns work and I'm not interested in how they work until the day that I had to learn how they work. I actually didn't like, the only reason I knew that an M4 and an M16 were gas operated is because I read that it said gas operated. 
uh, mm -hmm. in the book. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And I knew it didn't have like a physical reservoir of gas in it, but I had no idea how the gas system in an AR-15 worked until I went to Air Force Armor School. Yeah. And because I didn't need to know. No, like, it's, I it's, not a, it's not a need to know thing. And I was, this was me looking at various literatures about like the XM8, because this was the era where the XM8 was the absolutely- XM8 was so fucking cool. The HK, so, so XM8, hard. take over and replace the M16. It was God. just a really space looking cool G36 guys. And yeah. I was about it. It was awesome. <laughs> it also melted. Uh, I should point out yeah, that, that there, it, there it would also literally melt that. under rapid fire. Um, there was the, that. <laughs> the XM8, you know, the problem with the XM8, the XM8 would have been super cool if they'd actually been able to ship it with the 20, with the 20 millimeter semi-automatic air bursting grenade launcher. Yes. That was the thing. Like the XM8 by itself is just kind of a neat looking 5.56 rifle. Yeah, it's another uh, 20, 5 yeah. 20 millimeter air bursting grenades, excuse me? Uh -huh. Hello? You were like, boop, okay. We kill everybody right over there. Yep. So it's yeah, that, that, whole, that whole project was like, Oh my God, space guns! This is cool. Mm -hmm. I loved, I loved that era in weapons development. It was, it was a wonderful time, full of crazy ideas. And the FS two thousand. Yeah, that was a thing too. That was a thing. That was probably, and I mean, I go, I'm trying to think. I still that, want one. It's the uh, that has got to be the ugliest bullpup ever made, right? Like it really is sinfully bad looking. Like and this, and this is coming. I'll put out that it is the ugliest service grade bullpup. Okay, so I'm looking far. now at the a aug, list the of aug is much The AUG is much nicer looking, and I'll, I'll say the X95 is much nicer looking and more utilitarian looking than the, uh, the FS2000 and the Whatever F2000. What happened to the Desert Tech the, MDR? The, I think they're still making them. Are they? Yep. I, I have people who yell at me online about it uh, on occasion who are like, you should have gotten that one. I'm like, that's the one that didn't work when it left the factory, guys. Yeah, I just saw a picture of the F2000 or the FS2000, and it is truly hideous uh, to look at. It's it's this fat flounder of a rifle. and it... Especially when you compare it to the FAMAS, which is actually a really Seville cool-looking machine gun mm -hmm. or rifle. Like the FAMAS, I think, is the probably... I'm going to say the FAMAS is the best-looking bullpup. Uh, of the there, there's an argument to be made for that. I'll go with the AUG, especially the later series AUGs right now. I think those look the, the uh, coolest and the trimmest. I'll be the first to say that while I like the X95 the most, that's for how it operates, not how it looks. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the L85 the also is hideously ugly. Yeah. The the F two thousand is uh, um, the Bushmaster. What was it, M seventeen or something like that? Was weird. Mm -hmm. uh, the Keltex or Keltex? Oh God, the Keltex, the RDV, the one that doesn't have a pistol grip on yeah, it. Yeah, the is one the that's got a. <laughs> it's the strangest looking thing I have ever seen. Uh, like I get where they're going at it, but it do be strange. Uh, I do have sort of a related. Uh, embarrassing thing not embarrassing but maybe controversially i really used to be on like team bullpup suck uh and i have recent very fairly recently like in the last four or five months come around to like team rifles are fine uh yeah you know it's there are some i think the problem with the whole bullpup suck argument is that 
there are some really sucky bullpups, and there are some bullpups. Ladies, which... ladies and gentlemen, you are hearing it here on Gunday Brunch X95. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Not all bullpups suck. Uh, and that's the thing is that, you know, there have been some really, really bad bullpups, and there have been some that have been really poorly designed that don't have intuitive controls. And I think part of what has driven me down the bullpup suck road is because I don't really give a shit about rifles. An M4 variant does literally everything I can ask a semi-automatic rifle to, and a good bolt gun does everything else I need a rifle to do, right? So if those are sort of my baselines, then unless a rifle offers a significant improvement over that, I have no reason to invest time into it. But I've really recently been uh, working this idea of, you know, a gun for CQB where I don't wear that I don't have to get a tax stamp for. And I'm like, I can get a gun that's like the size of a shorty, like of an, I get a gun the size of an 11.4 AR, but with a full 16 inch barrel. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, maybe bullpups don't suck. And maybe the ones that have good controls like the X95 and, you know, and really the X95. Okay, here's what happens. The happened. X95 has really good controls. If we ever get hands on the modernized AUGs that have the proper magazine controls, mm-hmm. those would be pretty cool too. But uh, Australia pulled that out from under us because guns bad. And they should Australians. US I mean, here's what really happened. I was screwing around with an X95 and I'm like, this really doesn't suck. And then uh, I've never thought the FNP90 sucked because it has 50 rounds. So like, I'm like, I don't also, care that the ergonomics of reloading this are terrible because I'm just going to give you the bees. Many, many bees. Yep, have all like, the bees. I, I have almost twice the bees than anybody else who has bees and it's this big. Yeah, and <laughs> it's got, it, like, even the dopey ass 16 inch barrel version of that gun. It's still super small. It's, it's fun. Teeny tiny. And, and they're on no sale. It's a, it's a blowback operator that's got no recoil on it. It's such a fun little gun. They are, and they're stupid double, they're extra double fun on full rock and roll. Then you're just like, oh yeah. Dee! And you're like, I have dispensed have, the bees. You have mini Bert. Uh, and this is also why I, uh, I, I, I wish HK would just like, I know they can't because I understand how laws work. And like, so I'm ne- I don't get mad at HK for not importing the MP7 because I understand yeah. how Germany's gun laws work, but like, it's like, still, it would be st- cool, guys. It would be cool. Did you see, did you see the, uh, I think it was Cry Precision that did the, uh, did the blueprint patent recently on the 300 blackout kind of MP7 looking thing? Right. Precision MP7 300 blackout. Uh, no, an MP7 uh, style PDW and 300 black. A cry patent suggests so. Yep. Well, that's look amazing. at this thing because it neat. Cry not quite a bullpup, but also kind of a bullpup. It's it's harkening back, back to the the uh, you know Uzi Mac 10 era of grip fed magazines. And okay. this thing's kind of cool. <laughs> so, okay, hang on. I have an objection to this. And here's my my objection is because what, all right, what's the, hang on. So obviously, you know, you'd be, uh, you'd be shooting subsonic out of this, right? Subsonic, 300 black ammo. Okay, so what's, you know, 
your it's what what's what are the subsonic rounds like 230 grains or something like that yeah 200 it, grains? It's, it's usually 220 it's usually 200 to 2 220 okay so, so what, what you end want... up what you end up having is a 45 acp with a better ballistic profile yeah it does have a better ballistic with a, with a, with a better with a better uh, ballistic profile and a better sectional density that's yes, what you it, end up with it does have a better sectional density and all of that stuff but however if i want deer cry precision what you just made or made a patent for is a Mac 10. <laughs> but I'm it's not cool saying that that's a bad thing, but like it's a Mac 10. So, you know, speaking of Mac 10s, I didn't know this, but so I've been shopping around for uh, transferable machine guns because I like to light money on fire. Uh-huh. And there is a whole ass mac 10 mac 11 aftermarket that basically if you have the serialized upper you can turn that thing into uh, i've seen belt fed ones uh there's like full-on like carbines that you know look like a functional carbine they've got rail yeah. farms and all of that and i'm like because just so you know guys this is a public service announcement from gunday brunch mac 10s and mac 11s are currently the cheapest transferable uh full autos on the market right now uh, there's a lot of them and they're like you can get them for like eight grand you get a yep. brand you get a whole ass machine gun for eight thousand dollars it just the low low price of eight thousand dollars <laughs> which at one point in time would have seemed absolutely insane to me until i totaled what i spent on my scar 16 mm. and i was like oh that was more if I opened up my gun locker closet thing uh and pulled out I could pull out uh, I need to pull out three revolvers. I could pull out a Manuard MR73. I could pull out a Korth uh, Mongoose. And then I could put like a Taurus on there. And I'd have eight grand. Yeah, 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 there, there it is. There's the value, guys. I'd be almost um, there. So the, uh, the, the values are much more achievable than people get it. Um, funny, funny story. My non-transferable uh, micro Uzi should be in, or mini Uzi, not the micro. Mini Uzi should be in today. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Uzis are so much fun. Oh man, I, I love it. Gun. All right, guys. Well, let us know in the comments or via hunting our emails down or sending us carrier pigeons. What was carrier the pigeons would be awesome. If I ever got a carrier pigeon, I would be so weirded out because I mean, somebody knows where I live, um, <laughs> and like in like a in like a GPS kind of way, not in a like yeah. I have their address. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, but yeah, guys, let us know what. What was the dumb thing that you used to believe that you don't anymore because you got smarter or you learned or somebody very kindly took you aside and said, oh, no, 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 gas operated is expanding gas, not gasoline. Not, or, there's, there's not actually a gas reservoir. Inside right. Or you found out that glazer safety slugs are good for blowing up watermelons and not much else. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for this week. We will be next. Knack Beck's week friggin' frig. I gotta edit this episode anyways because I made Words. a Catholicism joke. So we'll be back <laughs> next week, guys. Later.